Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Active Growth Podcast. Today's episode is an emergency issue copywriting intervention. Today I'm going to talk about the things that you can do as immediately as possible to improve your copy. So we're going to look at what I consider the 80-20 of copywriting, the things that you can do as immediately as possible with the least effort to get the greatest results. So to start with, I'm going to introduce you to the 80-20 critical components of copywriting. So the specific places in your marketing efforts, the few places where you should apply some extra attention and apply the copywriting techniques I'm going to be talking about to get the greatest results. And then I'm going to go through eight immediately actionable tips and strategies that you can apply to those critical components to write better copy. And like I said, the 80-20 here is we're going to apply the easiest tips to the highest leverage points so that you get the highest conversion increase and you get the highest increase in results from your input. Then I'm going to go through my recommended resources and my recommended approach for how to improve your copywriting skill further beyond those eight tips. The show notes with details on all this as well as links to all the resources I'm going to mention are at activegrowth.com forward slash 21. Activegrowth.com forward slash 21. And with that, let's get right into it. My name is Shane Malach, and before we get into the main copywriting content of this episode, let's quickly answer a listener question. We got this one sent in by voice message. Hi, Shane, Hannah, and the team at Active Growth. My name is Brad. I want to know about selling my product and whether or not I should allow other people to sign up as affiliates to sell my product for me. I know that if it's done right, it can put my marketing on autopilot and help me sell in a higher volume. But if it's done wrong, it could damage my brand reputation. How do you choose when your product is ready for affiliates? How do you manage that to make sure you haven't got people leaving a sour taste in other people's mouths for selling my product? You guys have more experience in this than me. I'd love any insights you'd be willing to share. Thanks, guys. This concern that Brad voices here, I think is very justified. So we have definitely had this problem. And so let me first say, I do recommend affiliate marketing. I recommend creating your own product or service, and I recommend employing or or recruiting affiliates to help spread the word and to help do the marketing. I've benefited from this greatly in almost all of my businesses, and I definitely recommend it. However, I also have seen how it can go wrong. So with Thrive Themes, what happened is in the beginning, we just had a wide open affiliate program. Anyone could join. And this was useful in the beginning, but then it led to all kinds of problems. And we had affiliates doing shady stuff. We had affiliates doing, we had many affiliates, you know, just trying to game the system and doing things that were explicitly disallowed, you know, like cashback or fake coupons and things like that. All kinds of problematic things were happening. And we also experienced that, you know, it can end up costing more than it than it brings in in actual value. If you look at all this shady stuff together that's happening and you look at also the damage this can do and, you know, how much effort it takes to kind of chase after these affiliates, try to close them down, try to prevent all this. It can cost more than the affiliate program brings. So we shut the affiliate program down and then we kind of soft reopened it where we only allow a very small number of highly vetted affiliates. So two things I notice is if you have a, a doors wide open affiliate program where anyone can join, what I have noticed is that, first of all, about 98% of affiliates will sign up and never refer any reasonable amount of traffic. Some of Many people will sign up and just try to self-refer, so they'll just try to buy themselves through their own link to save money which again is against the is against the terms you're not supposed to do that but then you have to kind of chase after them it causes all kinds of problems right and some people will sign up and maybe send one or two visitors maybe refer one sale or something and 
and they might have problems like I referred someone and they, I didn't get my commission, what goes on. So the, the support it causes, again, will cost much more than 98. So 98% of your affiliates will cost you more than they'll ever bring. And then, you know, roughly 1% of affiliates will do all kinds of shady stuff that's problematic. And then 1% of affiliates will bring value. So my conclusion here is that I recommend an affiliate program, but I recommend keeping it basically closed. So where you basically say, look, you have to fill out this, this questionnaire to try and find out. So we try and find out who you are, who your audience is, what, how you plan to promote. And then you manually vet affiliates. So you manually go through the submissions and you look at who is potentially a good partner. And also you manually invite people. So you reach out to people and say, listen, I think you, because of your website, because of your audience, I think you would be a good fit for our affiliate program. And you keep a small people, like a, make a trusted circle of good affiliates. That should be the basis rather than keeping it wide open. So I think overall affiliate marketing has definitely been good for us. But now with all the experience I've had over the years, I've seen that keeping it wide open to everyone is definitely a mistake. Now you can submit your own question for a chance to get it answered on the podcast and you can do so by either going to activegrowth.com slash 21 to hit the button there. There's a leave a voice message button. You can tap that and record your message or you can tweet me at actigrow, A-C-T-I-G-R-O-W, at actigrow, send your question as a tweet and we will feature it and answer it on the show. Now to the main content. The reason we're talking about copywriting today is because of the recent live stream I did and because of the headline writing contest from before that. This is basically an intervention. This is after doing that episode, after getting the results from that challenge and after talking to a lot of people in the audience during the live stream, I noticed that this is kind of an emergency need. There's an emergency need for better copywriting. So I went out immediately like noticing because that's one of the one of the purposes of this whole effort I've been making to establish two-way communication on this podcast is to make sure that I'm not just like talking away about whatever I think is important or interesting. I'm trying to identify what are the most important things that we need to cover. What are the most valuable things I can talk about on the podcast? and then talk about those. And this is exactly such a situation. So here's why copywriting is so important. It has basically everything to do with what we talked about in the last series about irresistible offers. So like we talked about there, the, the, the reason we spent a whole series talking about how to craft a good offer is because if you have a great product, like it's, it's technically what the thing you are offering your product, your service, your software is valuable. It can bring value to people. If you have this, but you don't have the ability to present this as a great offer. In other words, you don't have the ability to communicate this value to people, then your chances of success are minimal. And you will be outperformed in the market by people who have crappy products, but just make a lot of noise about how great their products supposedly are. So this is and the key point here is copywriting. Like you have to be able to put into words in an effective way that gets people's attention and wins them over why they should pay attention to your thing and why your thing will bring value to them. As I was compiling my notes for this, it reminded me of a story that Dave had told me. Now, Dave, you met him on a previous group podcast. In fact, on two previous group podcasts. And uh, he's the Facebook ad guy for Thrive Themes. He basically does this all day long. He works on Facebook ads and Facebook ad funnels. And he told me something that's really interesting and related to this. So I quickly called him up so that he can tell you this story as well. So a lot of people will miss what happens after someone clicks on the ad and they don't really put much thought into where they're sending all this paid traffic. So they'll put all this time and effort into making these great ads and then they'll send them to their website and they won't put any thought into it. So a lot of people will make the mistake of sending it. The biggest mistake I see is sending the traffic to their homepage or they'll send it to uh, a page with a bunch of products on there. 
And the problem here is that it's not focused. It, there's no specific uh, goal here. And so one of the issues I see is they're not sending them to a specific landing page with the specific goal in mind. And when you do this and you spend a lot of time thinking about kind of the congruency between the ad and the landing page that you send them to, you get a lot more results. So one of the things I recommend is looking at the copy that you use in your ads, the images that you use in your ads, and then tying that in to the landing page you use. And the better the copywriting is on the landing page and the better the congruence is between the landing page and the ad itself, the better results you're going to get. And this this makes a huge difference, right? Because you're saying that, okay, I should have one ad. It sends to a specific landing page that's basically made for that ad with targeted copy. And we're not talking about a difference here of like, okay, your results will be 10% better or something. Like This makes a huge difference, right? Huge difference. And this is one of the biggest mistakes I see is that people don't realize this and they just they get these poor results and they say, oh, Facebook ads don't work. And they're missing this piece of the puzzle here, which is the landing page that you're sending this traffic to. And you need to spend a lot of time really crafting great copy, um, conversion copy, so that you, you can get the conversions that you're looking for after you pay for all this traffic. So if you thought that running Facebook ads for a company like Thrive Themes is basically all happening, you know, in the power editor in Facebook and like requiring the technical knowledge for that. It's like, that's actually not entirely true. Like one of the most important skills that Dave has built up over the years he's worked for us is the ability to create not just great ads and great ad copy, but great landing pages to send that traffic to, right? And this is the thing where like he was talking to these other Facebook advertisers and he noticed that, you know, the people who are like, I don't know, this is really tough. We're not getting results, right? We're spending all this money on the ads and then they, they come to our website and our conversion rate is like 3%. Well, on our ads, we get double-digit conversion rates on our landing pages. So this makes a massive difference. And this is exactly that, right? You send people to a page that doesn't properly communicate what is this about? Why should I pay attention? What can I get here? And you're just wasting money and you're struggling. On the other hand, if you have this ability to craft a good landing page. And a good landing page, if you follow Thrive Themes, maybe you've seen my copy-only landing page, right? where I'm like, look, there's no design on this page. This is an effective landing page with zero design. It's just text on a white background. That is 80% of a good landing page. Everything else, all the fancy designs, and I like fancy designs as much as the next person, right? I like well-designed pages, but all the fancy designs in the world are just a tiny bonus on top of the words on your page. So this is why I'm doing this copywriting intervention right here, because on the one hand, I see that this is a weakness, right, in people in my audience and in the online marketing space in general. Good copy is rare. I see that this is a weakness, and I see how big of a lever this is, how big of a difference this can make. I mean, like, think about this, right? It makes the difference between Facebook ads don't work for me, and I've wasted a ton of money on them, and Facebook ads are this amazing source of traffic and leads and sales. So let's get right into it. My goal for this episode is to provide you with the quickest possible intervention that gets you from wherever you are right now with your copywriting skills to getting better, right? I want to get you basically up the steep part of the learning curve. Right? When people say there's a steep learning curve, that's good. The, the, the learning curve is steep in the beginning and then it flattens out over time, which means that very quickly you can go from no skill at all, to average, to above average, to decent, and then slowly it gets more and more difficult to go from decent to good and to really good and to highly, you know, high expertise. That, that takes a lot of time. But up that steep part of the curve where you can get from zero to above average, you can get up that part quickly if you do it right. That's what I want to help you do. So this isn't like everything you need to know about copywriting. This is the quickest way to get significantly better. There are a few critical components for copywriting that you should know about and that you should focus on first. And the first one of them, unsurprisingly, is headlines or titles. So basically anything you publish online is going to have a headline or a title. Right? You put a 
put a blog post that has a blog title. You create a landing page or a sales page or a homepage or any page on your on your website is going to have a title. You upload a, a video to YouTube, it's going to have a title. So anything you do online will come with some kind of a title and in most cases that title will make a huge difference to whether or not people even begin to engage with your content. Right? An exception here would be things like Pinterest and Instagram that are fully image focused but pretty much everywhere else the headline or the title of the thing even with videos even on YouTube you know your your thumbnail in a video and the title of the video is going to determine how many people even start watching that thing so that is incredibly important the job of the headline is to get people to take the next step this is the thing you need to etch into your brain. Forget everything else about titles and headlines. The job of the title is to make someone click. The job of the headline is to make someone read the next sentence. There's only one caveat to that, which is clickbait. And it's not even a real caveat. I mean, clickbait is, to quickly define this, clickbait is a title that is purely written to get you to click on it and that inevitably leads to a letdown. So... It is some kind of a title that makes you click only to find out that the actual content is not about what the title implied. A typical example of this is the headline with a question mark at the end, right? New York completely flooded, question mark. And you click on it and you find out, no, New York is not completely flooded. And it's an article about whatever, right? They, they somehow shoehorn some kind of a content into a shape that justifies this article. So that's the caveat. I wouldn't recommend doing that, although you know maybe you shouldn't listen to me because obviously there are businesses that make massive, massive money on clickbait. But that's not what I recommend, right? Don't craft a headline that will just let people down right after they click or right after they decide to engage. But apart from that, always think of the headline as don't try to sell your product in the headline. Don't try to over-communicate everything that's in your blog post or in your video. Don't try to create a complete description. Get people to engage. Get people to click. Get people to start reading. Similarly, a subject line in an email. That's our second critical component. And the subject line in an email, for most intents and purposes, is exactly the same as a headline or a title. There's some, some small differences but with the subject line in the email, in terms of the job, it is the same thing. Get people to engage, get people to open and start reading the email. Next up, the next critical component is the hook. And the hook is whatever you start off with. So in a piece of writing, it is the first sentence, the first paragraph. In an email, it's the first paragraph. In a video, it's the first few sentences you say in the video and so on. And the hook is, well, it's called a hook because it's meant to hook people in. So does that sound familiar? Really what I'm saying is that the hook's job is the same as the job of the headline or the title. It, it goes like this. Someone comes across your content. They read the headline. The headline's job is to get people to read the next line of text. Next line of text is the beginning of the hook. And the hook's job is to get people to read the thing that comes after the hook. So it is leading people down this essentially funnel of engagement. Get them to engage, get them to engage further, and so on. Hardcore old school copywriters will say that this is how the entire, you know, the entire sales letter goes like that. It's just one sentence after the other. Each one has the job of getting people to, to read the next one and also doing a little bit convincing on the side. Now, I don't see it quite like that. A lot of the content I create is technical and or educational. And so I can't just make this some kind of a, you know, persuasive entertainment machine to keep you hooked. But the idea is that I get the amount of investment from you up front that is needed to keep your attention until the content pays off. So if I'm trying to educate you, what I can't do right now on this podcast, what I can't do is I can't just download copywriting skill and knowledge into your brain. I can't just instantly give you this thing. And that means that what I'm doing is I'm asking you to keep listening. I'm asking you 
to spend the time it takes for you to start getting insights from this, to start getting knowledge, right? Because it will take me minutes to transfer knowledge. And the, and the longer you keep listening, the more of this benefit you get, the more knowledge you you get or the more potential future skill through exercises and things that I recommend you get. But you have to make that time investment. And it means that what I'm doing here is competing against a lot of instantly gratifying stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that you could be doing right now that is more instantly gratifying than learning about copywriting by listening to me. And I can offset that or I can try to offset that with a hook. In the beginning, I can try to get you to invest enough so that you will spend, let's say, at least five to 10 minutes listening to me. And then in those five to 10 minutes, my job is to tell you enough interesting and useful things to do a good enough job at educating you that you decide, okay, this is worth it and you keep listening. So that is the first three components, headline, subject line, hook. The headline and subject line are basically the same thing in different formats. And then the hook is an extended version of that, get people to engage. And the reason I'm telling you this is that even just keeping this in mind will make a difference to how you write. So the next, the very next time you sit down to start writing a headline, a subject line, an opening paragraph of a blog post or a script for a video or notes for a podcast, make sure that you have these things in mind that you say, okay, the title of this thing, how do I write a title for this thing? How do I write a headline for this thing that I'm going to put in big letters at the very top that will get people to keep reading? And then I have to have a hook. Even that, most people don't do that, right? And in fact, I bet that most people listening to this have not deliberately done this. I've not deliberately thought, okay, the first thing I have to give out, the first thing people should encounter in my content, whether it's a sales page or a blog post or whatever, should be a hook, something that gives them, that arouses curiosity, that maybe teases some benefits that are to come, that opens some loops that people want to, you know, that creates this kind of tension that people want to know how something's going to conclude that gets people to invest and keep paying attention. The fourth and final critical component we're gonna talk about is the call to action. Whatever your piece of content is, it should have a call to action. And the call to action has two important functions. First of all, it has to be explicit and clear. It has to be totally unambiguous about what your visitor, what your listener, what your viewer should do next and how to do it. And second, it should be convincing. You have to give people a good reason to follow your call to action. A call to action can be anything from click on this button to buy right now, to leave a comment, to like this video and share it on social media, to recommend this to a friend, to you know, pick up the phone and give us a call, whatever. Whatever the thing is that you want your audience to do next, it has to be 100% clear that they should do this now and it has to be clear how they can do this. So as an example of what I mean by clear how to do this, instead of saying, give us a call and we'll schedule an appointment or whatever, and then just full stop and then the the visitor has to go and look for the phone number or the contact form or whatever on your website. It is much better to have, give us a call and here's our number. And it's even better to have, give us a call and to do so just click on this button right here or tap this button to start the call. So this is the first step in my intervention. There's these four things to pay attention to, which are really just three things. There's really just three things to pay attention to. So the next time you sit down, to write landing page copy, blog post, podcast, whatever. You, When you write the headline, you think about how do I write this to keep people's attention, to get them to engage with the next step. The next thing you do is write a hook. How do I sell people on this to give me you know, two to five minutes of their attention? And you make sure that you include one call to action that is as clear as possible. And here's where you can talk about benefits, right? Do this thing to get benefit. Do this thing now to get benefit. Three things. If you do just these three things and, and you just even without any further copywriting instruction, if you're mindful of these three things, if you kind of test 
the thing you write against those purposes. Is this headline good at that? Is the hook good for this? Is the call to action clear? And is there some benefit statement? This will already take your copywriting a notch upwards. Next, here are what I call my immediate interventions. With this groundwork, with this foundational work done, here are the more specific steps you can take to start ratcheting up your the, the quality of your copywriting. Number one, easiest one is use headline formulas. And I will link to a blog post and the Thrive University course. So over at Thrive Themes, we've done some We've done a lot on this topic, actually. Headline formulas. So instead of trying to reinvent the wheel every time, instead of trying to come up with a genius headline every time, just use what has worked over and over again. And you can craft really unique but still effective headlines based on formulas. So instead of talking a lot about it here, I will leave a link in the show notes. So go to the show notes of this episode and click over to Thrive Themes where you can for free learn very specific, like we're talking literally fill in the blanks headlines or fill in the blanks formulas for creating your headlines. Start using these. And one of the great things about this is when you start using these, once you've done this for a while, you start seeing the patterns and you, you know, over time, headline formulas are a bit like training wheels. Over time, you don't necessarily need them anymore. Although I do think that a lot of Expert copywriters still use them a lot, but through using them, you become less and less dependent on them. So that is headline formulas. The second one, also really easy, is use content templates. Now content templates can apply to many, many things like emails, sales pages, blog posts, and so on. And once again, instead of trying to to talk about them here, um, an, an audio podcast is not an ideal way to convey you know, the usefulness of a content template at all. So instead of talking about them here, again, go to the show notes of this episode. And this is important. Do this. Go to the show notes of this episode and click on the link that takes you to our content about content templates. We have two things over on Thrive Themes about this. The first is completely free, even if you're not a customer. And that is a post about content templates and how to use them, including specific examples of how to use content templates to much more easily and much more quickly write great blog content. The second thing is that we have a lot of sales page templates in our Thrive Architect plugin, which you can use to create landing pages and sales pages on your WordPress website. And these templates include kind of instructional tutorialized copy. So they are pre-filled with instructions of what to write where on the sales page. So these templates are basically a content template for an effective sales page put into practice, put into the template itself. So right away, if you follow these two steps, these two steps require, these are the, the easiest ways to upgrade your copywriting. Right? You, you follow these formulas for your headlines and for your content. And this will, this is the 80-20. I mean, this is the 90-10, okay? This will, with very, very little effort, will step up your copywriting game by a huge amount. Like I said, I'm not talking about them here. I'm not elaborating on them on this podcast, but I'm not elaborating on them on the podcast because audio is the worst medium to convey this, right? You have to see the formula you have to see it and you can download it. You can like use it, right? Um, and talking about it on a podcast is really the worst way to teach this. That's why I'm saying the most effortless thing you can do and the most important thing you should do first, go to the show notes and get these templates. I'm being so insistent on this because people generally consume podcasts passively and they generally don't take action, right? It's like you're probably doing something else while you're listening to me. And I know that most of the listeners here will not go to the show notes and will not do this. And that means you won't get the, the major benefit that I'm trying to convey here. So that's why I'm being super insistent on this. But I'll move on now. I'll let it go, right? So next up, write more than one headline. And this also goes for 
subject line. So always, always write more than one headline. Let me give you an example for a blog post, right? Usually when I write a blog post, I initially have a headline that isn't really the headline for the blog post. It's just a descriptive title of, you know, the post about content templates or whatever. And then I write the content. And once I have the content, then I look at the content and I think about what's a good headline for this content. So I can come up with a good headline after I've written the content much more easily. And then I write a headline and then I write another one. And I, I write at least three to five headlines and then pick one of them. So the, the simplest thing you can do here is get into the habit of writing more than one headline because whatever your first attempt at this was, it's, just, it's not going to be the best. It's not going to be the most inspired. And again, the, the super low effort thing you can do right away is just think about you write your headline and then you look at the headline and you think about how else could I describe this or what else might work or what might be better and just write a second one. An even lower effort way to do this is to look at headline formulas and you you know go through the list of headline formulas that you can get from Thrive University. Look for the first one that you see a way of applying the formula to your content and use that and then keep going through the list until you find another one where you go, oh yeah, I could use this. You just create several headlines based on several different formulas end of story, right? The underlying principle here is that the headline is such an important part of your content that you shouldn't leave that up to chance. And writing one headline is essentially leaving it up to chance. It's basically saying that, well, I am betting on the idea that the first headline I thought of is the best one I could think of. And I'm suggesting that you change that to, I'm going to spend five minutes thinking of or generating headlines based on formulas and then do one of two things. You either, you know, you look at them and you pick the one that you find most appealing out of those. Or if you are a Thrive Themes customer, you use Thrive Headline Optimizer and you test, let's say at least three, let's say your three favorites, right? If you've written five headlines, eliminate the two that you find the least appealing and test the three, one, the three that are left. And so then you can, you know, rely on data to make the choice for you to tell you which one was actually the best. For your emails, if you do any email marketing, the same rule applies. You write your subject line, then you kind of take a step back, you look at your subject line, you go, could I do better? Or you apply another formula to create a variation and you A-B test your subject lines. If you're using an email marketing tool that does not let you A-B test subject lines, use a different one, okay? Simple as that. Making a habit of A-B testing every single subject line of every single email you send out is going to over time make a huge difference to your results. Even if in general, in my experience from doing this for a long time now, you know, it's rare that you have a headline that just absolutely beats the pants out of the other one or the subject line, I should say, right? The subject line that just like doubles the open rate compared to the other one. And I usually just test two of them, by the way. So I usually just test one against one other. And it's, it's rare to get something like doubled results, but it's typical to get one, you know, maybe one of them gets a 22% open rate, the other one gets a 26% open rate. Well, this over time in every single email you send makes a huge difference to your bottom line. Next up, as, you, as you'll see here, I've, I've sorted these interventions by time and effort required to do them. So now this takes a little more time write more than one hook. And the same principle applies because the hook is so important, you shouldn't leave it up to chance. So once you've written your draft or you've written your post or your email or whatever, you go back to that hook, you read it and you think about what could I do to make this more appealing? What might be a better way to open this piece of content? And you write two or three variations and you either pick the one you like best or you start an A-B test. Next step, you'll start seeing a pattern here. Write more than one call to action. Now, everything in between, everything in between that very beginning of your content and the end where usually the call to action sits, we can skip over. Of course, all that stuff is also important. But remember, we're trying to do the 80-20 here. We're trying to hit just the critical components. 
So everything in between, okay, you've written your post, you've written your sales copy, whatever, it's fine. But your your call to action, the place where you tell people what to do next and how to do it and why, that's another one where write that, take a step back, look at it again, think about how could I maybe do this better? How could I make this more appealing? There are two good ways to do this. One is to get peer review. So in other words, you've written your, your headlines or you've written your call to action and you ask someone, hey, what do you think? You know, do you, do you find this appealing? Do you find it boring? Do you have an idea of how I could improve this? Get someone else's eyes on it and get them to give you some advice on how to improve it. That's a great way to do it. Not available to everyone, right? If you're a bootstrapper, if you're a solopreneur, you might not know anyone whom you can basically just call on and who can give you, you know, useful feedback on your copy. And another thing to do is to make a habit of basically reviewing your own work one day later. And this is generally more effective. So if you, you've written your headlines, you've written your hooks, you've written your cost to action, then you step away from it for a day. And when you come back to it, you'll see it with fresh eyes. And often you'll, you'll look at your headlines and you'll immediately see, oh my God, you know, the, the second and third one are terrible. <laughs> I don't like them at all anymore. I have no idea why I wrote that yesterday. It's terrible, right? So it's like it will jump out at you much more where you are more on target and where you're less on target. Now, you'll note that in these immediate interventions, I haven't given you any like specific write this, not that kind of advice. I haven't given you any like hot tips of what types of words or turns of phrase to use in your copy. And the reason for that is that this is not where good copy comes from. A good copy is not about, I mean, obviously you, you can apply those headline formulas and the content templates that I talked about, that, that goes in that direction. But the, apart from that, the most important thing you can do, and what I'm trying to get across here, is that this is about habits. If you, you, you've got to get into the habit of doing this to have any chance of, of decent improvement over time. So in other words, your business, your business doesn't run on a single instance of a sales page. Even if it does, I mean, even if your business just has one sales page, you better be testing and evolving that sales page over time, right? That's what I mean by not a single instance. It doesn't run on a single email. It doesn't run on a single piece of content. Your business runs on stuff that you do over time. If after listening to this episode, you think, oh yes, headline formula is a great idea and yes, I'm going to write more than one hook and all this, and you go and do that for your next A-B test or for your next blog post, and then you forget about it again, well, then the total benefit you got out of this is absolutely minimal. What I'm trying to get you to do, or what I'm, what I'm hoping you will do, is that you will build these very simple habits into how you work. Because over time, this is what will make a difference. I want you to get into the habit of writing more than one headline, the habit of writing more than one subject line, the habit of writing more than one hook, and so on. Because if that's all you do, if you have this habit, then over time, whatever specific tips about copywriting you get and you, know, you find or read about or whatever, you'll have a way to actually put them into action. And you can improve your copy by simply writing multiple headlines, looking at them the next day and asking yourself, are these appealing? Because you are a human being and you're trying to appeal to other human beings. Like you can autodidactically get better like this. So the much more important component here is the habit, the habit of doing it consistently always. You will find that if you follow all of this advice, it takes you a bit of extra time, right? It takes you a bit of extra time to write an email before you send it out. It takes a bit of extra time to finish your blog post and so on. But we're talking about minutes to maybe half an hour and this is absolutely worth investing so the to, to kind of zoom out a little bit from the advice I, I give you here is that how to benefit from this is to start now and keep doing it the great thing about this is that it's not very difficult to do so you know I've been sending I've been writing two subject lines for my emails since forever and it's just, it's just what I do now, right? And I've been thinking about, oh, what's the hook for this, this post? And then rewriting the hook once or twice. Since forever, it's just normal. It's part of my process now. 
So that's another great thing about this is that it's actually not very difficult. Next up, let's go a little bit deeper. I want to share with you some resources that you can use to improve your copywriting and be a bit more specific about how to develop your skills. Now, like I just said before, the first and most important thing you need to do is develop these simple habits that aren't actually very difficult. Because if you're listening to this, chances are you are not going to turn into a copywriting master. You're not going to dedicate your life to this craft. And the good news is you also don't have to do that. I'm also, by the way, and I'm also not a copywriting master. I don't think of myself as a particularly good copywriter. But I'm one of those people who I can relatively easily now create a landing page that has a very clear targeted message and it will get high conversion rates. And like I said earlier, like you don't have to be amazing at copywriting to do this. You just have to get up this steep part of the learning curve. One way to do that is to invest some time into this now. Okay, to get up that steep part of the learning curve. For example, by doing a 30-day challenge. I think copywriting is a great thing to do a 30-day challenge on where you can do something like, I'm going to spend 30 minutes practicing copywriting every day. Or maybe I'm going to spend 20 minutes reading about copywriting in a book and then another 20 minutes putting into practice, like practicing what I just read about every day for 30 days. This is a relatively small investment, but if you do this, this kind of the kind of focus that it gives you to do this consistently every day for 30 days will give you this initial boost that will then forever make your copywriting better and you will benefit from that forever. So the simple daily habits of doing things like writing more than one headline are great. You should do that and you should keep doing that. But in addition, if you recognize the value of being a better copywriter, I recommend that you do a 30-day challenge. Another thing you can do here, a specific exercise you can do, and this is also just suggested in the comments of our live stream, is what I believe is, is like the Dan Kennedy method, right? Where it's you, you get sales letters, you get stuff that is really well written, and you make a handwritten one-on-one copy of that so you just you read the sales letter and you write the exact words that are used in the sales letter so this is like you know copying the master basically and as you write this as you copy that um, you will you will learn one thing i would say to this here is that if you you could make this part of your 30-day challenge right you could say okay i'm going to spend 20 minutes copying masterfully written sales letters every day but don't do only that Right, don't do only the copying. I think it's very important. Just like don't do a 30-day challenge where you're just like, I'm going to spend an hour reading about copywriting every day. That's not a great use of your time. So reading about copywriting and one-to-one copying existing well-written copy, those are input, right? That's input into your brain. But unless you also have output, you're not going to put that learning Uh, you know, it's not going to solidify that learning. It's not going to turn that learning into skill. So if you want to do this, I would also say, you know, make it a two-part challenge where you say, okay, I'm going to spend 20 minutes copying uh, well-written sales pages and stuff like that. And then I'm going to spend another 20 minutes writing my own, maybe trying to emulate the kind of thing I just copied before. So you have to have that input and the output. Then some resources. First of all, learn from Joanna Wybe from Copy Hackers. I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, there's a blog and, and products and webinars and stuff, but she's basically just a, a great figure to follow when it comes to copywriting. So if you're looking for kind of a source of information, a source of, of interesting stuff to read about every day for a while to up your copywriting game, I would say Copy Hackers is a good place to start. Another resource recommendation is for a book called Cashvertising by Drew Eric Whitman. I recommend this and I recommend this over some of the classics like Ogilvy on Advertising or Influence by Cialdini because I find that cashvertising is is more practical than those. Like you read Influence by Cialdini and it's a good book, it's a good read for sure. You're like, oh, here are some interesting ideas 
but it doesn't bridge that gap to how am I going to implement this in the words I put on my page. Whereas cash advertising is very much about the much more practical, look, here's what to do and why. So that's a good read. And also I will link to the Thrive University landing page copywriting course. Although I have to note, the landing page copywriting course is for members only. So if you're not a Thrive member, you cannot access that. That's one of the like the premium pieces of content that we created specifically for our members. In addition to that, I will link to further resources in the show notes, some of my favorite resources on copywriting and on different types of copywriting and so on. So, and the reason I'm doing this is, again, you can go to the show notes of this episode to get all this. And the reason I'm doing this is what I'm encouraging you to do is to do a 30-day challenge that combines input and output, right? Learning and practicing, learning and practicing, learning and practicing. And I'm going to give you a bunch of resources to choose from where you can do your learning. And then the practicing is up to you. With all these resources, it is better to take them slow. It is better to have like a slow drip of this information coming in with output uh, and I emphasize this because I know what it's like, you know, to, you can get like in a frenzy. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to learn everything about copywriting. You read the books, you read the blog posts and so on. And in the end, you haven't written a single line of copy yourself and it has made basically no difference. I mean, the, the next piece of writing you do is actually not going to be any better. You just have more knowledge about why it sucks, right? Maybe you're better at recognizing why your own copy isn't any good. But what's more important is to build up the actual skill. So that's it. Those are my steps. This is from everything I know about copywriting and from everything I've trained other people to write better copy. I have uh, talked to tons and tons of entrepreneurs. I've worked one-on-one -on -one with people in, in pretty intense settings. This is the most condensed system I can present you for running up the steep part of the learning curve and taking your copywriting from zero to decent in the least amount of time and effort possible. Now, here's what I want you to do. Make a commitment and tell me what it is. My suggestion, like I mentioned before, is a 30-day challenge where you spend 30 to 40 minutes a day practicing this skill. It can also be something like I'm going to write, you know, 100 headlines. I'm going to write 50 landing pages. I'm going to write 100 Facebook ads or whatever. Make a commitment that is of a sufficient size that you know at the end of this you will have accomplished a result. Right? Because if you make a commitment to say, well, I'm going to write 10 headlines, well, at the end of writing 10 headlines, you're pro you probably haven't improved that much. But if you tell yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going to write 10 headlines every day for 10 days, that's 100 headlines in total. Well, at the end of that, even though that's very minimal, at the end of that, you will have become better at writing headlines. So you have to make a commitment of a size where you're sure you will have made progress at the end. Make that commitment. Head over to the show notes of this episode and tell me what your commitment is. The difference this will make, if you make this decision now and you commit to this now, the difference it will make to the kind of content that you put out 30 days from now. And think about it. 30 days isn't that long. If you think back to 30 days ago, it's not that long ago, right? This time is going to pass anyway. And 30 days from now, either your copywriting is still going to be bad. And yes, it's probably really bad right now. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, right? Your copywriting is pretty bad right now. 30 days from now, it's either going to still be pretty bad. And all the ways you struggle in building an audience online creating high converting ads, creating high converting landing pages, getting people to buy from you, making this online business thing work. All the ways in which you struggle will be exactly the same. You'll struggle the same way with the same problems. Or 30 days from now, you can have gone from bad copywriting to decent copywriting and everything you do will be that much easier. It will be one problem that's out of your way and you'll be able to focus on other aspects of growing your business. So that's it. Make a commitment, head over to show notes, tell me what it is. I'll check in with you in 30 days. And that's it for today's episode. I really hope you take action on this. I guess you can tell that this is incredibly important to me. I really see this as a bit of an emergency and I, I really hope you take action on this and I really hope this helps you. 
And as always, like take action on this and tell me what happens. If you have questions, if you get stuck, if there's anything else that I can do to help you with this, let me know. Tweet me at ActiGrow, head on over to the show notes, activegrowth.com forward slash 21. Leave a comment, leave a voice message, ask your questions. Let me know how I can better help you solve this problem because getting better at writing copy will make a big, big difference to your business. So head on over to the show notes, activegrowth.com forward slash 21, where I'll also link to the resources I mentioned in the episode and I'm extending the headline writing challenge. So like I said, when we did this headline writing challenge and we got a few results, not many people sent in headlines, but really they just totally missed the point. And so this is why I'm extending this. I'm inviting you to try this again. Here's the challenge. Write a headline that is polarizing. So write a headline about whatever product or service, right? And the product or service itself shouldn't be polarizing. Don't, you know, the the idea isn't to write a headline about something that's controversial. It's to write a headline that is maybe shocking maybe you know that that raises eyebrows and that is clearly polarizing but it can be about anything it can be about a fitness product it can be about a recipe book it can be about anything the idea is that you find a way to escape the the general way in which we we tend to write which is kind of benefit oriented but generic and and to kind of step outside the line and go how can i ruffle some feathers how can i write a headline that will piss some people off, but be you know funny or attractive to a specific group of people. That's the challenge. Write a headline that will ruffle some feathers that is polarizing. Send it in. We'll put the form on the show notes page. That's activegrowth.com forward slash 21. You can submit your headline there and you can win a $100 Amazon gift card that is still up for grabs. So give it another shot. Even even if you participated in the last one, give it another shot, like send us another one. So there you go. That's my call to action here. Activegrowth.com forward slash 21 for all that stuff. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.